3: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
4: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: From the
3: Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: Who in the Lord's name does Putin think gives him the right to declare?
4: new so-called countries on territory that belong to his neighbors. This is a flagrant violation of international law and demands a firm response from the international community. Well, I would agree with that. But the whole appealing to who does he think he is? <laughs> exactly. the hell does it matter? Can I just hear that
0: first part again, that very first part? Who in the Lord's name does Putin think gives him the right to declare? Who in the who in the who in the Lord's name does it the, the Putin think he gives him gives the right? Him <laughs> I don't mom. I don't know.
4: Yeah, well. So, uh anyway, uh Mike who Pompeo and... All right. Mike Pompeo has <laughs> been making the rounds lately. Did you notice uh, this, Jack? Mike Pompeo has lost a substantial amount of weight and he looks like a friggin' movie star. Oh yeah, he's lost a
0: ton of weight. He talked about it on the, one of the shows a month or so ago about his diet. Dude you, is you know really why, handsome now. You know why he lost all that weight. He's running for president. Because he's running for president.
4: Yeah. And he looks like, you know, they famously say Warren G. Harding, he he looked like a president. That's why he got the nomination. Um, and and Pompeo looks like a president, but he's been commenting on Putin and saying some interesting things to say the least. Michael, uh, start with 70 and then we'll chat after that.
2: Very true. Very capable. I have enormous respect for him. I've been criticized for saying that uh no, I have enormous respect for him. Uh, he was also an interlocutor that was uh, always well-informed and deeply clear about what Russian interests were. I, I appreciated that. Uh, it required the same from us, from me, from my team. We had to be equally prepared and equally protective of the interests that mattered to the United States. He is very savvy, very shrewd.
0: So a question I have is there it seems to be a segment of the right uh, I guess it's all right. I don't know. But there's a there's a segment of the Republican Party that um, doesn't criticize what Putin does and only praises how clever he is. And Trump's into that. Pompeo's into that. Tucker Carlson's a little into that. Candace Owens is into that. And I just, what is that strain? I mean, is that a non-interventionist strain or a...
4: I, I think don't know what to some does. extent it is um, uh, 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 now so far what we heard from Pompeo sounds like respect and knowing thine enemy their opponent only
0: if you're if you if your comments include and I think that tone of voice is weird given what's going on right now only if your comments include but he is a stone cold murderer. He's willing to bomb children's hospitals to get his way, and we need to understand what he is. If you want to include, he's very clever. He's he's a he's a very smart man. You need to, but that's not the way he came off at all. Pompeo. It was just oh, I respect him. He's an interlocutor that uh, has a great strategy. What? Why are you talking this way about one of the most evil men on the planet?
4: Give me seventy-two, Michael.
2: I consider him a. Uh elegantly sophisticated counterpart and one who is not reckless but has always done the math and we may disagree with his priorities we may disagree with his math we certainly disagree that the interests that he seeks are reasonable for his country in many cases Um, but we should never underestimate that he is he is doing this in a way where he's exhibiting his capacity to control and his deep desire that he is most important objective and I, i should have listed this first His most important objective is that he continues to run the deal. (laughs) Uh, First and foremost, he is about power for himself, making sure that his place as the leader of Russia continues. You know, you're right. Some of the omissions are notable, but
4: I'm not really bothered by what he said.
0: I think that's a really weird, lighthearted take on our current moment. The destroying of the world order by a murderous thug and he's kind of, a, yeah, he's uh, you know, he's looking out for his own country. He's a very wise, far-thinking. I mean, it sure sounds like praise to me. Yeah, yeah, it is. The tone close to matters. That. It's weird, man. I think yeah. it's really weird anyway. And I, huh. and, I, and I don't know what the ideology is. That's my main question. W- what the
4: ideology is on this? You know, and I'm reading a written version. I saw Tucker's screed about how uh, we've been trained to hate Putin and uh, we're all falling in line like lapdogs by doing it. And I'm I'm looking at this thing in writing so I could go over it slowly. And it's just full of straw men and and fake arguments and weird. We can only pay attention to one thing, Uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, inference. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. I just don't know what's going on. Other than some people have an affection for Putin and a strong Russia or something, I don't know.
0: I don't know either. Maybe that will become apparent in weeks or months to come in the presidential election. I don't know.
4: Speaking of words that are appreciated, you can email us mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. dot com. An opinion to share, something we ought to be talking about. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. dot com. Little follow up from Al Anonymous, whose kid goes to a. Expensive, enlightened California school where they announced their ludicrous new mask policies where sometime within the next two months you can take off your mask outdoors. Just
3: idiotic. Catch me outside. How about that?
4: There is... I can't catch you outside coronavirus. Um, what was it Thomas Sowell said? There's some ideas so stupid only an intellectual could believe them. I'm paraphrasing. But a follow-up. Uh sad story happened today. I have to untrain my daughter. This is the same, same guy who wrote us about the, uh, the school. I have to untrain my daughter to wear a mask. When she's in class, like at home, she's okay with no mask. But when she goes outside, she's aggressively adamant that she must wear, a, must wear a mask. Because being four years old, that's all she's known. My daughter has a speech pronunciation problem because of everyone wearing a mask. has to do with hearing the sound but not seeing the mouth to mimic how to produce the yeah. sound. Uh, the teacher said in one day she saw improvement. Funny, stupid side oh. story. They oh, wanted my to God. S- they wanted to send her to speech therapy, but the therapist was going to wear a mask to, you know, to limit the risk of exposure. Oh, my God. Oh. Everybody, the triple vaxxed have had it already, et cetera. The speech therapist is going
0: to wear a mask. You've got to be kidding me.
4: Wow. Yeah, um, and I'm not sure I I understand What is it with
0: you people who are willing to punish children over your weird, freaking paranoia about a disease that is no longer a big deal? What is wrong with
4: you people? Yeah, I know. And uh, Al-Nanus is not clear. I think the, uh, 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 well, he says, you ever look at someone with a, you're an idiot face, and they realize, yeah, yeah, I am, and they relent? Something like that happened. So the speech therapist took off the mask, I guess. Uh, Today, I'll take the small victory. And finally, here's a freedom-loving quote of the day. His dad, who is a retired peace officer, said, Common sense isn't really that common. As much as I was enforcing the law, I was preventing stupidity.
0: I flipped on NPR last night and they got into, into the new Omicron variant and how it spreads and people, you know, are backing off these restrictions too soon. I thought, and what is gonna happen if it spreads around? You know, we are still having a thousand people a die a day die, which is a lot. Mm. That's thirty thousand a month. But they're all unvaccinated. Their choice. I'm vaccinated,
4: I got nothing to worry about. So whatever. Moving on, Aaron in San Diego writes: I don't understand why you guys sat there and agreed with Mike Lyons that Whispering Joe shouldn't go to Kiev. It's hands down the best damn idea I've heard so far. He should go, and he and Zelensky can wait this thing out together. What's Putin going to do? Kill the president of the U.S.? No. And if something did go wrong, we don't lose much. Oh, yeah. that's insensitive. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I
3: think.
0: Um, what? Uh, no, I don't believe with that last part. Now that's uh, You can't take that point of view. But uh, I think I think that'd be a bold, bold move. Didn't Mike uh, Lyons call it 100 on the crazy scale? Yeah, yeah. Zero to 100, it's a 100 on the crazy scale is what he Yeah, said. yeah.
4: Or does the crazy scale go to 1,000? He didn't make that clear. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. But resist, we must. The Armstrong and
0: Getty Show. What is radical monogamy? Apparently this is a hot new thing among young people. It's when you have experienced many types of relationships and have decided that what works best for you is to single out one relationship that you stay faithful to.
4: Oh, that's radical. Kind of sounds like monogamy to me. Yeah. Um, Regular kind. Regular monogamy.
0: This opinion piece I'm reading in the Washington Post is uh, half... Talking about radical monogamy and teaching that to you in half. Mocking's the wrong word. It's actually pretty damned interesting about how every generation, for some reason, has to convince themselves that they invented something that has been around forever. Human nature doesn't change. Human beings are exactly the same as they've been for thousands of years. But every generation has to somehow convince themselves that they, they've studied everything and, and this is what they've decided is the
4: best. Right. Unlike those stupid, stupid older people.
0: Exactly. The old monogamy of our parents and grandparents didn't work, said one of the people that's pushing radical monogamy. The old kind, which was driven by um, religious beliefs and patriarchy, um, was stifling and blah, 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 blah. But ours is more of a commitment to each other in which we will not have sex with other people. And Okay, it's exactly the same thing. Oh, you're making me want to vomit with this. Well, I'll read a little from this uh, this piece, which is pretty good. Every generation believes itself to be breaking new ground. But millennials and Generation Z in particular seem wedded to the idea that the normal way of doing things is almost always oppressive and must either be reclaimed or disavowed, especially in the sexual realm. Anything that could be viewed as traditional or average is passe. As was written in Substack, his students, this uh, this lecturer, said his students have a bias so strong that I wonder if it's hardwired to believe that complexity itself is new. In the past, people were just drones who acted on the tenets of religion or society, of the way things were, and they just went along with the flow. Whereas now people think about what they do and come to a complex decision.
4: Wow, that's really good.
0: It really is. It's It's pretty fascinating, actually, if you think about it. And this kind of bias is extraordinarily common, the inability to recognize that the past was a real place where real people made choices based on a whole bunch of different reasons, just as new generations do, weighing their options and coming to conclusions about what worked best for them and occasionally surfacing ideas that then stood the test of time.
4: No, people in the past were never conflicted or confused or had competing interests or were or, or weak and, and betrayed their principles. No, they're drones. So for generations
0: coming of age today, the optimal identity is a novel one. Through this lens, unprotected sex uh, is just a disgusting idea. If you need an emotional bond to want sex with someone, it sounds more inscrutable and less tolerable if you call yourself demisexual. That's the term for people that I only have sex with people that I have feelings for. Wow, what an invention. I'm glad you came up with that new complicated term. What an interesting (laughs) idea. No humans had ever decided that that might be a good idea. And monogamy, the most old-fashioned arrangement of all in human history, maybe, must be smuggled into acceptability via the label radical.
4: Yeah.
0: Fine, if you get to the right conclusion for weird reasons, it's still a win for society. It seems pretty clear from lots of different articles I've read about this sort of stuff that that young people are coming around to the idea that you know uh, promiscuity you know the, the the porn lifestyle the hookup culture all that sort of stuff is not working uh, it's not making people happier it's not working on a variety of levels and we're going back to for for different reasons because we've come to this conclusion on our own complex our own complex way, not because the church told us to or our parents told us to, but we've decided that getting together with only people that we have feelings for and sticking with one is
4: the best idea. Well, yeah. congratulations. You know, I think that conceit is as old as time, too, though. I mean, did, didn't we all think that the older generations were kind of simpletons who were just locked into their ways? Of course. Because that's the of way they've always done it. And Of course. It's,
0: it's you know, the conceit of youth. It is. It's interesting, though. I'd never heard it put that way before that the new young generation feels like it's, you know, everything's so complex. And the previous generations, it was just very simple, drone like, following the rules behavior. Not, you know, if you go back a thousand years, those rules were not from uh, generations of experience that this works and that doesn't. No, 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 no. Lack of imagination.
4: Lack of imagination. <laughs> yeah so the kids are conceited they're self delusional, but they look a lot better naked, so you know youth has its <laughs> advantages
0: it's it's pretty damned interesting, so radical monogamy or demisexuality, if you want to call it that is the is a high thing
4: <laughs> I just call it not cheating on my woman like I always have <sighs> but it's not but not because. It's immoral,
0: or the church told you to, or that's what society expects of you. No, because my life is going to be better that way.
4: Well, right, and I choose not to hurt somebody I care a great deal about.
0: Right, my right. life will be better not hurting the people
4: I care about. Well, right, and theirs too. <laughs> and theirs, yes.
0: That, yeah. just, that's yeah.
4: kind of the definition of caring about somebody. <laughs> but not yeah. because
0: society would frown upon it right it's it's, it's right. interesting as i read uh, your, the 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 wisdom books in the bible which includes uh proverbs ecclesiastes and job um you know all, all, all that stuff in there is like the same as this stuff it's, it's it's the same things from thousands of years ago that's old testament stuff so that's many thousands of years ago you know, if you if you if you if you live your life like this, you don't steal, you don't cheat, you don't lie, blah blah. All these things. You you work hard. Your life will tend to be out turn out better. Not always, but most of the time, your life will turn out to be better. These things have been known forever.
4: Right now, you might have an angry employee run you over with a tank. That's a rough day, like that uh, Russian commander. Um, but yeah, in general, of course, you know one one interesting aspect of uh, Robbie Robertson's. Um, autobiography he was the leader of the band. Uh, he was talking about how in and he grew up in Canada, but everybody got married like straight out of high school or in high school, 17, 18, 19 years old, 20 if you're an old maid. Right. And, uh, and he was writing about how everybody was sleeping around by the time they were 24. Interesting. You know, because they'd gotten into these permanent relationships as children and often weren't happy and were sleeping around and that sort of thing. So, you know, I'm not saying some positive change isn't possible. I think there's something to be said for waiting a little while and making absolutely sure you want to be married to this person. But Let me let me speak to the whole everybody was
0: doing this, everybody was doing that. I've become aware through, uh, I can't be detailed about how I know this, but I do know this from, uh, from a, a, um, circumstances I've been in. It's very common. Everybody was doing this. Everybody was doing that. Everybody, that was your circle. You might have hung out with a specific circle mm. that convinced you that everybody was doing that, but everybody was not doing that. Absolutely valid point. In fact, the vast majority of people were not doing that, but you and all your friends were doing that, so that was your world.
4: Um, you, know, you have to look out for that. Yeah, sure. That happens sure. a lot. At the time, he was not uh, married. He was he was a kid observing it, but uh, yeah, you're right, sure. It could have been his particular subculture in his neighborhood.
0: So uh, if you hear radical monogamy, that's what it is.
4: It's yeah. the same
0: monogamy as before, but it's, uh, they snuck it in with the word radical. Uh,
4: to get you to click.
0: <laughs> makes, ma- makes you feel like he came up with something new. If you put the yeah. word radical in front of you. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: Are you tired of gulping down the lying filth of the mainstream media? Yeah, we are too. We try to tell you the truth every single
0: day. Gulping down lying filth. Wow. Nobody wants to sound dumb. Our goal is to help you not sound dumb. We'll inform you and it'll be fun at the same time. You have to choose between entertainment and information. Combine them both with the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Four episodes
4: available every day. Via the iHeartRadio app or wherever you download your podcasts.
1: The
3: Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: Putin doesn't care about human life. Uh, We're seeing that from Bucha. But tragically, I'm going to predict something even worse. We're going to see similar kinds of videos when we finally get into Mariupol. uh, Mm -hmm. And you're going to see the similar kinds of slaughter uh, and similar kinds of destruction. And I want to underscore when we see that, we're going to see that he slaughtered ethnic Russians as well. And I, w- I say that because he makes the argument to his people that he has come to Ukraine to liberate them from Nazis and especially to liberate uh, the ethnic Russians and the Russian speakers inside the country. In fact, he doesn't care about them at all. That's the former ambassador talking about when they get to these Russia Russian speaking areas, you're going to see the same sort of atrocities that we've been seeing, which I think sets you up perfectly for your stuff.
4: Yeah, Michael McFaul is dead right, and I'm afraid, uh, yeah, the the horror has just begun. And here's why. Uh, This is a translation of a piece, an article from the RIA Novosti, which is basically a Kremlin mouthpiece publication. The other day it published a lengthy article titled, What Russia Should Do With Ukraine? which, as uh, author Stephen Pfeiffer noted, quote, calls for denazification of Ukraine and advocates Nazi-like methods to do so. Russia is applying such methods in Mariupol and Bucha. Um, and I'm just going to read this to you now because it sets it up and then it hits you with quotes from the article. The, this manifesto of hate provides a chilling glimpse into the minds of the men who are waging this war of genocide, quote, uh, oh, the screed argues that every Ukrainian who has taken up arms must be eliminated. Denazification also means the destruction of the idea of Ukraine and its national identity. Whoa, also I'm, means... I'm not sure I follow that leap. Do you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what Putin said in his rambling speech. There's never been a country named Ukraine. It's part of Russia. This was just an administrative thing at the fall of the Soviet Union. There is no Ukraine.
0: But so to destroy the Nazis, you have to destroy the whole concept of the country. Yeah, well, you're going mean, to have It's a to, bit of a stretch. You're going to have to kill millions of people to pull that off. I mean,
4: millions. It also means the elimination of the country's political elite and the infliction of all the horrors of war on Ukraine. Quote as a historical lesson and atonement for their guilt. That is a quote from the Kremlin publication.
0: That's wild. So that goes back to thirty-three. Is that the year that Stalin surrounded Ukraine and was going door to door, making sure people didn't have any food, starved millions of people to death, also punishing them for their sins? Man, mm-hmm. the history of Russia punishing, punishing Ukrainians by murdering them goes back 100 years, at least. Actually, I know czars did the same sort of thing.
4: Here is a quote from the article from the Kremlin mouthpiece. The Nazis who took up arms should be destroyed to the maximum on the battlefield. No significant distinction should be made between the official forces and the so-called national battalions as well as the territorial defense that join these two types of military formations. All of them are equally involved in extreme cruelty against the civilian population, equally guilty of the genocide of the Russian people. Do not comply with the laws and customs of war. War criminals and active Nazis should be exemplary and exponentially Punished. There must be total removal. Any organization that have associated themselves with the practice of Nazism have been liquidated and banned. However, in addition to the top, a significant part of the masses, which are passive Nazis, accomplices of Nazism, are also guilty. They supported and indulged Nazi power the just punishment of this part of the population is possible only as bearing the inevitable hardships of a just war against the Nazi system carried out with the utmost care and discretion in relation to civilians. Um, And they go on. So, in other words, we will very carefully figure out who's guilty and who's not, and those who are guilty of even sympathizing with the Nazi regimes will be tortured and slaughtered.
0: What is it about the Russian culture that from Putin to Stalin to various czars, they've had this mindset? Uh... With neighbors, um, that aside. So, what about all the videos that we've seen or read about of the Russian soldiers being captured, who had no idea why they were being sent into Ukraine, who were horrified at what was actually going on? I wonder what we won't know this for years or maybe ever. But what percentage of the Russian military are those people? They thought it was a training exercise. They thought they actually were liberating people from Nazis, versus the I guess higher up commanders. Were special forces or whoever it was that were more hardcore believers that oh no we need to punish the the I'm I'm happy to torture this woman because I know she was uh, abusing Russian speaking in my mind Russian citizens so she's a bad person I could do anything to her I hate her so much.
4: Well, I think if the order comes down from the Kremlin and it's enforced at the uh, higher levels of the military, as we discussed earlier, your soul as a soldier just gets deadened. You just, to be able to function and not have a psychic break, you you numb your mind and you find yourself engaged in it. It's unimaginable to those of us who have not been in that sort of horror, but history shows it again and again.
0: How does it... According to Jordan Peterson the best book ever to explain that I can't remember the title of it now I'll, I'll I'll find it out. It's about some uh some regular people in World War II. I think it was in Poland. Like teachers and you know just regular regular citizens. They're rounded up and made the you're the committee that has to go uh, um execute all these people and they they got there. They got there mentally to where they could do it. It's just and the Jordan Peterson if you don't know who he is he's a, a clinical psychologist from Canada and he's a giant YouTube sensation and he's very controversial but one of his things that um he's always on about is recognizing you're capable of this sort of thing that all human beings are you're no different is is helpful it's good to know that human beings have this in them so that we can stay away from it thinking you're thinking you're incapable of it makes you more uh, more in danger to fall under the sway of really, really bad ideas.
4: Right. It reminds me of what they say about uh, drinking or drug use or, or whatever habit, eating, too, actually, in, in people with eating problems, to be intentional, to, to understand every time you make a choice that I have made a choice. Not that I'm a good person or a bad person or whatever, so I must do this or I'm automatically doing this. No, understand, you've made a choice. And I think I know what he's driving at there. When you do good things, you have made a choice to do good. And when you do bad things, understand and, and be honest with yourself, you've made that choice. They didn't make you. Fate didn't make you. You didn't, quote, unquote, have to, except in very rare circumstances. You made a choice. Hmm. Anyway, uh, a couple more chilling notes from this uh, Kremlin publication. The terms of denazification can in no way be less than one generation, which must be born, grow up, and reach maturity under the conditions of denazification, which sounds to me like a very long occupation and the slaughter of any generation that is not down with the uh, up-with-Russia plan.
0: Well, like I said, if you're going to actually murder the idea of ukrainian being a country you'd have to kill many millions of people i'm not sure you could even hardly do it without killing practically everybody because y- you kill five million ukrainians the 35 million that are left are more committed than they've ever been to
4: fighting back so i don't know how you'd ever accomplish what they're trying to accomplish you know the same way well they're picturing uh, china There aren't a lot of uh, guerrilla attacks on the communist Chinese these days. They've successfully clamped down on the population. You know, you you pick your totalitarian regime. You see what's happening in in, uh, Myanmar or uh, various horrors in Cambodia and that sort of thing where ethnic minorities are being slaughtered and hounded out or whatever. You get a good, effective police state and they, they clamp down. It takes utter brutality, but I guess the Russians are thinking, no, we can get that done.
0: Well it brings it brings it back to the question the whole world is asking then and and wrestling with, I think. So now that we know this um, that uh, to use a flippant phrase over something that's so horrible, uh, seeing all these mutilated burned bodies and finding about all the torture and murder that's been going on for the last month in Ukraine, that's not a bug, it's a feature. Now that we know yeah. it's a it's the plan. Going forward, and if Russia wins, they're gonna do this to millions of people. Now that we know that, how does NATO? Well, you're sorry, you're not a NATO country, so uh, I guess you're just uh, bad luck for you not being a NATO country. I know you wanted to be a NATO country, but we didn't think your military is good enough. Turns out you are, but anyway, uh, sorry about that. I mean, does that the way the world reacts to yeah, a planned extermination? So it sounds to me like Zelensky's a lot closer to right than I was saying last hour of it being a genocide. That's, a, that's genocide talk, isn't it? We have to eliminate all oh, yeah. these people
4: until they give up on the idea of it's a country? Oh, yeah, we're going to do absolutely everything it takes until they're on their knees. I mean, that's not necessarily genocide, but it's like it. Yeah, and, and in answer to your NATO question, it is literally not our problem is the response. It's our problem is humanity. There are indirect threats to the rest of Europe, to NATO, if Russia decides they want even more territory, but we don't think they will. So it's not really our problem. It is so 1930s played out again.
0: I recognize completely these these are not easy answers or easy decisions, but I can certainly understand Zelensky going to the UN today and, and saying what he basically said is, what are you for? What is the point of this organization? If it is now no, we've seen the pictures of what they've done. We now have the paperwork to show that this is the plan going forward if they win. What is UN the UN for if you don't get in the way of this? If you don't stop a giant, one of the most powerful countries on earth from murdering millions of people in a smaller weaker country, then why don't you all just go home?
4: You know what the UN is? The UN is a very small person or very small animal. But the light is up close to it, and so it casts this giant shadow. And the little animal starts to think it's the shadow. The UN is a conceit. It's a modestly successful, sort of effective charitable organization that struts around pretending that it's the uh, arbiter and the police force of good in the world and peace and prosperity. It's nothing like that. Please, it's a little punk. As W. Bush with once, an enormous budget.
0: As W. Bush once called them, a meaningless debating society. Pretty much, man. That is a that's a conundrum for the world. That is a rough one right there. Now that we know what the intent is, how can you allow Russia to win? Oof,
4: brutal. Armstrong and
3: Getty. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. What a personal privilege, don't get brazen with me. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: I love how this story opens. Before moving out of Tokyo for her new job, Akari Shirai wanted to eat at their favorite restaurant she used to visit with her then-husband. There was one issue. She didn't want to be flooded with thoughts about her divorce by going alone, but she didn't feel like inviting a friend and explaining the situation either. So she rented Japan's do-nothing guy. The near-silent lunch lasted about 45 minutes. She ordered her favorite dish and intimately asked questions. She shared memories of her marriage and showed him a photo from the wedding. He nodded and gave curt answers, sometimes a dry laugh, but he never initiated any conversation. It was exactly what Shirai wanted. She says, I felt like I was with someone, but at the same time felt like I wasn't, since he existed in a way that I didn't need to be attentive to his needs or think about him. (laughs) What? What? I felt the awkwardness or pressure to speak. It may have been the first time I've eaten in complete silence. For years, there's been a cottage industry in Japan and South Korea, for cultural reasons, of renting strangers to impersonate friends, family members, or other acquaintances as a way to save face at social functions where plus ones are expected. So there's, uh, like, because it's perfectly cultural, culturally acceptable
0: in, the Amer- in, the, in America to eat alone. Like, n- sure. Generally, nobody's going to look over there and see somebody by themselves and think, oh, my God. Uh,
4: you wouldn't think about it at all. But not so in South Korea and Japan. In Japan. Right. Yeah. And I mean, if correct me if I'm wrong. It, it may be different for young women. But if I'm invited to a wedding and a reception plus one um, and and I don't have a date or whatever, I would just say I'm going to solo it. I don't. People do that in the U.S., right? Or would people yeah, feel real I pressure think, to get a date?
0: I think it depends on your ages and stuff like that. Wedding, weddings are a different thing for like twenty somethings. Yeah, I've been. We're all going to so hang long. out for a long time, and you know whatever. As opposed to you know, you're showing up and doing
4: your, you know, I should go to the wedding. I'll be there for a while and leave. Right. Right, yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, but anyway, so she rented this Shoji Morimoto, who at age 38 over the last four years has built a cult following by offering himself as a warm body who can simply be there, liberating his clients from the social expectations, the so- spoken and unspoken norms of Japanese society. Morimoto, who's nicknamed Rental-san, has inspired a television series and three books and drawn international attention through his viral social media posts. But so his, he's, but he's not the only one. Though. It's a, it's an industry. Yeah, but he's become kind of a rock star among them, I guess. Um, although he's not very expensive, I don't know because his social media presence or something. But this is, this is the part I love. His gigs have run the gamut, and this will make you sad. By the way, enjoy. He waited at the finish line of a marathon for a client who wanted to oh. see a familiar face at the end of a race. Oh, oh. wow! In the unspoken, and didn't have anyone else. Someone hired him to sit with them while they finished their thesis because they might slack off working alone. He listens to healthcare workers describe the mental health toll of the pandemic. Wow. So they rent him to just tell him how hard it's been. Pay him. And he goes. He charges about $85 per session and is most frequently hired to accompany people who are at a turning point in life, who want to rewrite traumatic memories or experience a vulnerable moment they feel uncomfortable sharing with friends or family. He'll just be there. No judgment. Uh, away from your personal space, never asks anything for you. One woman hired him to accompany as She filed divorce papers. He once sat with a client for a hemorrhoid surgery consultation with plenty of graphic photos. I need one of those. I was going to go eat. The one I had to go eat the other night. And I thought I don't want
0: to eat by myself at this place. I would have hired him or, yeah. or her to do the same thing. Just sit there. Someone hi- if I if I say something that sounds like it was supposed to be funny,
4: laugh. Here's the inflection on something that's supposed to be funny. Now you laugh. Good. All right. Someone hired him for a dramatic farewell as they boarded a bullet train to move from Tokyo to Osaka. Wow. Oh, that's so sad. So nobody was actually going to show up and say goodbye. Good luck. We'll miss you. So they hired him. So but that doesn't sound that. So the eating alone thing sounded like a
0: cultural norm. Some of these, though, nobody's going to know if you've got somebody in the crowd when you cross the finish line for the marathon. Nobody's going to know if anybody in the crowd
4: belongs to you for leaving on the train. This sounds like something to make you feel better. Yeah, maybe. They make another point that uh, Americans wouldn't understand about Japanese culture. Uh, This guy says he finds his clients don't want to burden people they care about with their needs. I think when people are feeling vulnerable or in their intimate moments, they become more sensitive toward people that are close to them, like how they will be perceived or the kind of actions they will take for them. So I think they just want to reach out to a stranger without any strings attached.
0: Hmm. That's an interesting angle of it too. That's that gets to kind of what we're doing in the United States with the we kinda have friends, we're, you know, social media friends, but we don't actually get close enough that anybody's feelings could get hurt. We don't get invested. So that's part of that, right? It's the, it's the you're trying to get some of the completely normal human instinct to have close relationships, but you don't want to actually have any of the messy part of maintaining close relationships, which is right. a twisted new way of running society that has never existed before.
4: There are several uh, competitors in this field, including one self-professed ugly guy who gets hired to boost others' self-esteem. Wow. 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 Could I be?
0: Uh, could you hire me as a bald guy to make you feel better about your hair?
4: <laughs> wow. That's uh, that's a real niche. Well, who knows? Go online. There's every kind of weirdo you can imagine there on, on the interwebs.
0: I might he wears, do this for people. I'll, I'll he show wears a signature
4: blue hat and hoodie for his gigs, by the way, and a blank stare so that clients can easily recognize him. I could do a blank stare. <laughs> I could it's do the old this. Too. thousand yarder. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> I wonder how much demand
0: there is for this in in the United States because I'll I'll offer myself up. I'll just sit there and eat with you. I won't talk much. You show me pictures of your cats. I'll say, oh, nice cat,
4: nice cat.
3: <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.